This is Photo Biz X, episode number 420. And if you have ever thought about the idea of building your photography business to a point where it's able to be sold as an ongoing concern, you are going to get a ton from today's interview because our special guest, Kim Hamlin, has just been through the entire process. She built an incredibly successful photography studio, sold the business to a non-photographer, and it continues to run successfully. That interview's coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. As I said in the intro, I'm sure you're going to get a ton from today's interview, whether or not you are thinking about selling your business because what Kim shares about how she prepared her business to sell is what made her studio so successful in the first place. So stick around whether or not you're intending to sell your business. You're going to get a ton from today's interview. Now, if you are listening to this episode as it goes live, you'll know that we are in the month of July which, (laughs) if you follow cycling at all, you will know means it's Tour de France time. And because of the current climate with COVID, I can't be there, which is where I really want to be right now. I'd love to be in France, riding my bike with all my mates, experiencing warm weather, mountains, incredible scenery, amazing food, and just good times. But instead, I'm here in Australia (laughs) in wintertime. And it means lots of late nights or late starts to the day as I catch up on the recordings from the night before. I don't know if you're the same if you're a fan of the Tour de France, but it seems to be one cycling event that anyone and everyone knows, and it never fails to bring reactions like, oh man, I wish I could be there too right now. So yeah, even though I'm depressed about the fact I'm not there in person in France, I'm going to push on (laughs) with a happy face despite that and hope, hope that we can get back there next year. All right, back to the photography and business side of things. If you didn't catch last week's episode with Jesse Dittmar, it was a real eye-opener for me. I'm guessing it's going to be the same for you if you have not heard of, or maybe you don't know much about NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Think cryptocurrency, but for artwork. In that interview, Jesse talked all about how he's creating NFTs, how he's putting them on the market in the blockchain because his thinking is this is the way of the future for art and potentially photographers and not only photography work or art but for contracts and as part of everyday life as this technology develops and gets incorporated into mainstream business and life so get back and have a listen to jesse if you haven't heard that one i'm sure it'll get you thinking photobizx.com real advice real strategies and real ideas to build your photography business if you are hearing this announcement it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast now all that means is you won't hear the full interview today with kim hamlin i am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only Now, if you are loving what Kim shares in the first half and you'd like to hear the full interview, you can do that for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. Head over to photobizx.com forward slash try to get more details on accessing that $1 trial membership. Get access to the members' Facebook group, access to all the premium resources, the full back catalogue, and, of course, 
the full interview today with Kim in which you will get the kind of information that will help you take your photography business to a whole new level in regards to systems, outsourcing, profitability, sales, attracting your ideal clients, whether or not you're thinking about selling your business. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is a newborn maternity and family photographer based in Christchurch, New Zealand. Her work is studio-based, adorable, clean, bright, beautifully lit, and focuses on her subjects, mostly smiling faces. Her website is structured to lead potential clients to purchase wall art and albums. She has a small team working for her, and she's been a solo mum since her son was 15 months old. She's built her successful business without a partner supporting her financially, with childcare, home repayments, and more. Now, looking back through the emails that we've exchanged, they go back to 2013, where she wrote saying, I'm a full-time photographer in Christchurch. This is still my first full year in business, and I love doing what I do, but have a long way to reach my goals. Now, I'm talking about the wonderful Kim Hamlin of The Portrait Studio, and I'm excited to learn where she is today, if she's achieved her photography business goals, and so much more. Kim, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's my pleasure. I can't believe we've been chatting via email since 2013. That is so cool to go and find that just now. <laughs> I can't believe you found that. It's blown me away. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about trips to the snow and trips in India. We've been we've had oh, emails. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so take me back and the listener back to 2013, if you can. What was it like to, you know, to start the business, go out alone, not have that financial support and start on your way in business? Yeah, gosh. Oh, wow. We're going back in time here. So uh, 2013, what would have been happening there? I was full time. So I had quit my job the year before. I was sharing a tiny room, like one room. We've now got the whole top floor with another photographer. So we were doing like half a week each. And we'd go in there. It was our one room to do shoots and sales and whatever else we needed to do, like consultations. So um, long time ago, that's now our studio office and workroom. So it's definitely evolved. While I was working full-time, I wouldn't say I was earning a full-time living. I was probably just earning enough. I did have a partner in 2013. That was my son's dad. So we kind of were balancing things out. And I also got pregnant that year. So my wee boy was born at the end of 2013. So I always would look back now and say, yes, I had dreams and goals, but I probably wasn't putting everything into it at that point. And it wasn't until about a year or so later that I realized that actually <laughs> things had to start getting real. I went out as a single mum, as you said, and decided that actually if I was going to provide for my son, I was going to do it myself. Like I wasn't going to go back to getting a job. I really was loving what I was doing. I really believed in it. And I sure as hell wasn't going to go on welfare. So I had to <laughs> dig in and make it work. Well, and did you, like at that time, I guess you went through a, a separation, your son's born, you've got the business. Did you think at that time that, you know, look, maybe the photography business isn't the best route. Maybe I should just go and get a part-time job. Or did you always think or know that the photography business would be able to support you both? Yeah, I always knew I could do it. I do love business. Like I'm probably a wee bit different to other photographers in the fact that I loved photography, but I was doing photography because I wanted to be self-employed. I wasn't self-employed because I loved photography. So there was a little bit of a shift there. So I always knew I could do it. I just didn't know 
how to do it. And I, I think I've had a lot of help to learn that as well. So I didn't work it all out on my own. But I always had a vision. And there were plenty of times I wanted to quit every other week. Like the amount of times I literally sat on the floor crying is oh, countless. You know, I was stressed, I was exhausted, uh, sleep deprived. But I just knew, I knew what was possible. I could see other people doing what I wanted to do. I could see people running the business that I wanted to have. So I knew it was possible. I just had to learn to do it. And I had to learn to do it while juggling, you know, being a mom and, and kind of all of that side of things. So yeah, it was definitely challenging. I definitely wouldn't go back <laughs> to that. <laughs> Not for a million dollars. No, I wouldn't go back. But I'm really glad I did it. So yeah, I always knew. What do you mean you wouldn't go back? Back to those hard times or you would do things differently? Yeah, I wouldn't go back to those hard times. But if you were to start a new business, you would have to, wouldn't you? Or would you do it differently? I would definitely do it differently. Oh my gosh, if I could go back to me, first time supporting me and my son and I, I would do things so differently. Give me one example, Kim. What would you do differently? Oh my gosh, I would probably hire people quicker. I would outsource quicker. I would get as much off my plate as quick as possible because I was doing everything. I was well trying to do everything. And, you know, you get to a point where there's only so much you can do as a one person. And I was often working at night, getting up early in the morning to do admin and things like that. And yeah, I would definitely do things very differently. Wow. Okay. The two things I want to quickly ask you, so I don't forget, you said that you saw other photographers succeeding and making this work. Was that in Christchurch or just around the world in general? Oh, just in general, around the world in general. You know, you look at the, I could see the professional studios. And whilst I was just a little wee one-person band, I thought, well, you know, I could do that. I could try to do that. It's possible to do that. That's so good. Awesome. And then, you know, you said you're doing everything. You know, you're juggling it, you know, looking after your son, uh, Hunter, you're, uh, you know, doing the shoots, you're doing the sales session, you're doing everything. So it sounds to me, if you were now of the mindset that you would hire people more quickly and outsource more quickly, you mustn't have had any trouble bringing in bookings. You must have been, you must have been generating sessions all the time is that how it was yeah I don't think I had too much trouble getting sessions mind you back then I was only doing three or so a week you know so I wasn't I wasn't that busy as in bookings but I was busy being busy I was busy being unorganized doing the retouching fussing over that a lot um, doing all the packaging all the production doing things that really I didn't need to be doing right so let's fast forward to today or just before, so this year, early this year, how successful did the business get? Has the business got? Well, I had a vision back then and my vision was to turn over 500,000. So it's quite ironic. We got to that at the 31st of March. We did 503. Wow. Congratulations. That is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um which is a bit mind-blowing considering that was in the middle of the pandemic. So we had a couple of months where we didn't have any earnings at all. So that was my vision was to do that. And then actually to really sort of top it off, to give you an example of, you know, if we're talking numbers, April has been my last full month owning my business. And I actually went away for a week. I didn't do much work at all in the business at all. In fact, I haven't done much work in the business for quite some time, but I went away up to um, the Abel Tasman, I had no internet, no phone, and there was one part, I was on a boat coming across on a ferry, a little taxi, water taxi, and I had internet, and my team member messaged me in that five minutes to say, hey, Kim, 
we just hit 82,000 and we've still got sales tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, I literally let out a shriek. I think people on the boat thought we were sinking. Um, but, you know, the success isn't the numbers though. Like when I look at that, I'm like, yes, the numbers, and that's very amazing for me to think we did it, but it was my team. So the biggest success and all that time was creating the team that I've got around me because they did it. They did all of that. I had nothing to do with it. They were amazing. Uh, I think you're selling yourself short here, but let me just pull <laughs> you up on the 82K. Was that for the year to date? Was it up to April? No, no, that was the month. We actually got to 88,000 because we did the next day as well. So April was 88,000. $88,000 a month. Oh, my I God. I know, right? How good is that? <laughs> In little old Christchurch. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you can see why I got a bit of a shock because we don't normally do that. We, we normally a little bit little bit less than that. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not sure if the listener caught what you said, but you've actually sold the business, haven't you? I have. Well, sorry, yes, I've sold the business. So, yeah. Bit of um, a nice way to go out, a good way to go out. Wow. So the new owners, are they photographers? No. (laughs) Are they business people? Like who are they? What's their backstory? Okay, so it's a lovely couple who have purchased my business who really believe in what we do. And so they're coming on board with all the systems in place, all the team is in place, and we'll see what happens from there, whether they train up to be assistant photographer or hire someone else. I'm not sure, but yeah, they're just people who believe in what we do and definitely, you know, good business sense. So yeah. Wow. Okay. There's so much to explore here. Let's go (laughs) back a little bit. At what point did you think about selling the business? The idea that like just a loose idea came into my mind about maybe about five years ago. Oh, that long. But, But it was only like, yeah, I knew that was going to be my exit plan was to sell, but I didn't really have an intention as to when. I actually thought it would be a lot longer time frame. And a friend of mine who's a photographer, she just said to me, if you ever want to sell, you need to rename it from your name to a saleable business name. And like literally within about three weeks, I renamed my business. And then I thought, oh, okay, I probably can spend some time over the next few years systemizing things, putting people in place, putting processes in place, like it was more to give me my time. But I also knew that when I got that, it was a saleable asset because I knew I didn't want to do photography forever. Like it was never my lifetime goal to be a photographer forever. So it wasn't really until lockdown. uh, I got to stop and I got to really think about what I wanted to do and who was I, what was I doing? I thought, you know, I'm, I'm ready. I'm just ready for a change. And so it sort of started putting the things in process a few months after lockdown and it all kind of happened really quickly after that. Wow. So, okay, 2016, the idea pops into your head about potentially selling your business one day as an exit strategy. You talk to your friend and you change the business name. Does your business get affected financially at all? Like, Is there any downturn when you make the name change? No, no, nothing. Nothing. It, it was never... It was never an issue, trying to think. No, there was nothing because we did a promotion when we did change the name, so it kind of probably boosted, you know, income and and customers. But I've always been pretty active on social media, and so I think people were kind of up to date with it. They knew that nothing was changing at that point except the name. So, no, I I would say to anyone who is sort of wanting to do that, don't be afraid of it. Great, because I think that's a big concern when photographers even contemplate the idea of changing their business name. Oh, I think you know I'm going to be so badly affected. But 
yeah, obviously there was nothing that was bad <laughs> happened to you at all. No, well, well, people don't come to you for your name. They don't actually, like, here's the reality, and this is going to sound a bit, possibly a little bit hard, but people do not go to a portrait studio because of you. They go there because of them. They want something for themselves that's meaningful. And whether your name is Bob Smith Photography or Studios Limited, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I believe you. That's true. So 2016, the idea comes into your head, you change the name. What's business looking like at that stage? Did you have a team? Were you working much in the business? Were you still doing everything? Yeah, I had a couple of part-time. I think 2016, what I have, I had a part-time retoucher and production person. I, you know, I feel bad. I can't actually remember how many hours she was doing back then, but I know it was part-time and she was a godsend. <laughs> she was doing so much for me. And I think I was just starting to hire like my admin and customer service person. I think I had a part-time coming in for that as well. Yeah. So yeah, maybe me and two part-timers about that time. Okay. So pretty small. And then fast forward to today, is your website up to date and current? Yeah. Yeah. So you have Steph as another photographer? Well, she's the photographer. I don't do any photography in the business. Okay. Right. Yeah. She does all the photography. Okay. She does all of it. She is a machine. She's amazing. Wow. <laughs> we love Steph. And then you have Linda doing portrait designer. So what's, is that the Photoshop work? No, she's doing the sales. Oh, sales. Okay, right. Yeah. And then Esther? Esther is a customer services person. So she's on the phone and her and Kylie job share. So they are both doing customer services, emails, bookings, that sort of thing. And then Kylie does a bit more admin side of things, but yeah. Okay, so you've got Esther and Kylie job sharing, and then you've got Linda and Steph. Are they both full-time? Steph is four days a week, plus any weekend work we do. We only work one Saturday a month, so she does the Saturday. And Linda is three days a week, because Steph also does our production now. So she has a few more hours in there. So none of them are full-time as in a solid 40 hours, but they do do extra hours if we need. Like they're all really amazing like that. If we sort of have a promotion on or an expo or something, like they will, you know, come together and do those extra days. But I try to structure the jobs to fit my team. I try to make them mum friendly because I'm a mum. I try to make them lifestyle friendly. No one in my team really wants to be doing huge hours. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so, and I'm guessing that with the studio and your business, it gets to a point where the cost of doing business sort of stays the same and then the more sales you make, the more the more cream there is. So you must be taking home a nice wage at the end of the day. Well, yes and no. It depends on how you look at that because I could do, but I choose to pay my team well. So any extra income that comes in the business, I'll generally hire someone because my time is more important than increasing my income too much. But I also put a lot aside into a buffer. So I do have, I work with the profit first system, like for the numbers. I'm not sure if you've heard of that, but if you haven't, I recommend every business person to read profit first. But that basically entails putting an amount aside every month for, you know, like a profit. I call it a buffer account. And that's just in case something happens, like a, a lockdown. So yeah, I don't actually take it all out myself. Right. So Okay, that's great. That makes sense to me. So do you pay yourself a wage based on an hourly rate or you just pull an income out at the end of the year? Like how does that work for you? Yeah, I pay my team wages. And so because I kind of want to keep up with my own PAYE and, you know, like superannuation and things like that, I just pay myself when I pay my team and I have a salary. So it just goes out the same time as my team goes out. 
but of course I know that there is you know money in the business if I need it to do like um drawings or anything but I try not to just I don't need to I'm quite conservative like that yeah I probably more look at protecting the business you know what do I do how much do we need if something happens what can I do to protect my team my business that sort of thing got it so you've explained and gone over what everyone does in the business. You also made it clear that you don't shoot. So I'm sure everyone's question is, Andrew, you've got to, you've got to ask him, what does she do? <laughs> I'm guessing the marketing, but is there more? Well, in April, I didn't do very much. Um, yeah, I do the marketing. I do the accounts. I support my team. So I try to support my team. They might say I don't support them enough. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm always sort of available like, I'll often have questions coming in from the girls about customers or inquiries, you know, what should we say? What should we do? So I'm certainly not completely hands off or anything. And of course, the last few months I've been preparing the business for handover and that's kept me really busy, just getting everything in place and ready to change over to the ownership. So, but actually in the business, I really just do the accounts and marketing now. Right. So let's talk about that, that changeover. So go back to, I think you said it was the start of COVID or during COVID, you think, okay, yeah, look, I'm ready to exit. I'm ready to stop being a photographer. What do you do next? Do you go and see a business broker or do you just put it on the market? What happens? Yeah, I wanted to do it right. And I didn't want to spend my time doing something I didn't know how to do. So I went to a broker and I went to a really good company here in Christchurch. They were nationwide, actually. And we came up with a plan and we sort of nutted it out you know, how we wanted to market the business, what we thought we should do. My broker didn't know anything about selling a portrait studio because it's not that common yet. So we came with a plan and she did everything else for me, really. Okay, let me take you back to that. Or you go back to that first conversation with the broker. You said you've got a studio or a portrait studio that you're looking to sell. What were some of the questions that she needed answered before she said, yes, Kim, you do have a saleable asset here? Oh, she doesn't need the, the profit and loss, really. <laughs> but didn't she want to know whether or not you need to be in the business? Yeah. Because that's what happened when I went to sell my business. Absolutely. So she wanted to know who was in the business, who was doing what, what my role was. At that time, I didn't have my salesperson. So it was late last year before I hired Linda. So at that time, I was still doing sales three days a week, but I was advertising. So I knew I wanted a salesperson on board. So she wanted to know who was in the business, what systems were in place, how much did the business rely on me as myself, you know, or could someone else step and do what I was doing? So they were all really, really important. But to be honest, you know, having systems and good financials, that's the first thing. Like she just had to know that that was replicatable. Right. What's the broker's name? So I went with Annika and she was from Link Business. I think it was called Link Business. Okay. So did Annika say to you, Kim, at the time, you need to go and find your Linda and get someone to do sales so you can remove yourself? No. She didn't say that. No, not at all. Not at all. Because we were working purely off the numbers without Linda because, of course, the profit margin was much higher without a salesperson and potentially a new owner could come in and do sales. So it wasn't really a thing, but I was clear that because I didn't really know if the business would sell, I didn't know. I was like, well, I'm still going to go on with my goal of hiring a salesperson and getting myself out of operations. So once we did hire her, it actually made the business more saleable because it was easier for a new person to come in. You know, there's more support for them with my team all trained up. So, yeah. Okay. And when you say systems, 
Does that go as far as the marketing and advertising that you're doing all the way through to, you know, the client picking up prints and wall art? Uh, every step of the way. Right. So it had to be documented or could it just be in video format? Like how did the systems have to be presented to make your business saleable? Well, I had already created all the systems and all the training. So each role within my business has got a training system. It has a process of how to do every single thing. You know, so everything from entering a client in the database to how do we answer this question to how do we package this item, you know, every single thing was already documented. So it meant that someone coming in has got a almost like a guidebook or a, a video series that they can just go back to whenever they need. Also, my team have got that same resource that when they need to remind themselves how to do something, they don't need to come to me to ask me to show them again. So that was a bonus. It didn't have to be there, but it certainly helps to have it there. Right. And did you utilize video or was it all written documents? Mostly it's video. Okay. And then how did you do those? Just using screen recording software? Yeah, absolutely. I highly recommend using Loom. So L-O-O-M. It's just super easy. I can show someone around my database. I can show someone a system. They do have to listen to me quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel a bit sorry for them for that. But it means that they could see visually what to do. And I know that Kylie has been actually going through a lot of the videos and creating a written step-by-step process because she loves doing that sort of thing. I do not. (laughs) So we will eventually have a bit of both. Well, the new owners will. Got it. Okay. And so you must have started working on this well before you employed Arnika. Yeah, during lockdown, because I didn't do that much. Probably the last couple of weeks of lockdown, I thought, right, I need to hire someone else and I need to have systems in place because I don't want to be the one training, you know, spending all my time training. So I just sat there and just spent a few days doing it. I mapped it out, then recorded and created it, put it into a a digital course format. And yeah, it's been a game changer, actually. And then when you say digital course format, you mean on something like Teachable or like a different platform? Yeah, yeah. So I use Thinkific, but anything like Teachable or Thinkific, they're all really easy and simple. And I find that if you're going to, and this would be for anyone who wants to hire a person, like create the systems, do it once and don't have to redo it over and over. And then a new person can come in and they can learn it. Nice. And then what about for the photography side for Steph? Like, is there actual poses set out that you need to get? How you set up the lights, what settings to put the camera and the lights on? That's probably the only role we haven't done a systemized training for. So I was really lucky. Steph had run her own studio in Melbourne and she'd moved to New Zealand as a, you know, as an experienced newborn photographer. And she really only spent maybe a week with me, like sort of learning what I did. And then I got the flu. Like I got like the actual flu. I was out for the count. And poor Steph, it was like her second week with us. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, you are on. You have to shoot. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> she's like I'm, I'm fine. I got this. And she just ran with it. And she already knew what to do. And we've worked together to make sure that we're capturing the families how they are. But as you've seen on the website, it's not technical photography. It's more just capturing their emotions and their connection. Yeah. Beautiful. And it's lovely photography. You can see why parents and families want to buy that kind of photography. 
with the numbers, the profit and the loss that Annika was looking at, did she look at any of those numbers and think, okay, you need to up this or reduce that before we sell this? Or she just was going to run with whatever you gave her? She did want to know why I had so much business development expenses. <laughs> um, so I've always invested in education, like for business. So I had to explain that a little bit. Is this for yourself or for your staff? For me as a business owner, I've invested in coaching and mentoring and things like that. So, you know, I sort of, because we had to work out what was an ongoing cost or expense versus what was a choice, you know, um, what I was choosing to do. So that was something I was choosing to do. It wasn't necessary for the ongoing business. So other than that, no, we, you know, part of, the process involves people actually going into the back end of my business and looking at the numbers and investigating it beyond the profit and loss statement. So it was pretty robust. Nice. Okay. And then how does Arnica come up with a valuation? Is that based on those numbers multiplied by another number? Yeah. So from what I understand, like it's not quite, because beforehand I'd looked at, you know, how is there an equation, you know, And there actually isn't because it's balanced out with your profit, but also, you know, the barriers to entry. So photography is a really low barrier to entry in the market. Like anyone can get a DSLR and go out as a photographer. Yes. So as we all know, so there is that part of things. So what we wanted to do was really make sure that it was running with, you know, and also the equipment wasn't, you know, I didn't have a huge amount of equipment. So how she actually worked it out was a balance of profit, um, the systems, how much time the new owners would be involved or what would they have to learn, how much, you know, would they have to become the business, if that makes sense, as well as that barrier to entry. So, yeah. So the low barrier to entry would reduce the price, but then your systems and staff and profit would increase the value. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So because I was of the understanding that, you know, often, you know, to get a rough idea, you multiply your turnover by four or something like that. Have you heard similar sort of? Oh, yeah. And it depends who you talk to. I mean, if you talk to an accountant, they'll come up with a bigger number than what a broker will, because a broker (laughs) is quite realistic. So, yeah, I wouldn't, I, I had heard things more like your profit times by three and things like that. Um, yeah, I guess it's going to come down a lot to, that barrier to entry as well, you know, and the market itself, like, you know, they looked at a lot of factors, like who was the competition? What was the market like in Christchurch? Was there room for growth? That was another big thing was the potential for growth of the business. And was there? Is there? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So what was the figure that you settled on or that she suggested that you go with? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Got it. Yeah, makes sense. That's so good. So I'm going to link to the, it's the portraitstudio.co.nz is the website, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So link in there and follow it along on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, and I'm guessing that your photo and the, the title of studio director may be removed when this goes live. There might be someone else in there. Oh, there will definitely be. And we're actually doing photos on the 10th. And changing the website over around about then. So, yeah, I won't be on that website at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And just to finish off, Kim, what's the plan for you now? Like, have you got any grand plans for another business? Uh, I was going to say an overseas holiday, but that's probably not possible at the moment. W- what are you thinking? Time off for two years? Oh, 
Yeah, a couple of things. So first of all, I just bought a little camper van a couple of days ago. Nice. I know. I'm so excited. I get it in a couple of weeks. So my son and I will be having lots of little mini adventures in our camper van. And of course, I've always wanted to be a business coach. So I am going to be moving into photography business coaching. I've got a wee website up and running. And just within the next few months, like I'm not in a hurry. I just sort of want to have a little bit of a space between the two just to clear my mind. But yeah, I'll be going and helping other photographers set their business up for sale and system. I love it. I love (laughs) that. You are perfect for that. So is there a website yet for that business? Yes, there is. So I haven't actually shared it with anyone yet. So here you go. You're one of the first. So it's kimmarie.co. Kimmarie.co. I'm just seeing it's going to come up for me. Oh, hey there. I'm Kim. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's so cool. Unreal. So you are off and running already with a new venture. I love that. Well, it's been a dream for a long time. That is so good. Unreal. All right, look, I'll get more details about that as this goes live and when you're ready to kickstart this new business so we can share more details about that with a listener. I think anyone listening would be crazy not to talk to you if they want to plan or go through something similar or build a a great business like you have. Kim, you have been amazing. Again, massive congratulations. It's been so lovely to talk to you. And look, I'm wishing you every success for the future. I know we're going to talk again, but thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Andrew. It's been, um, been a lot of fun to chat with you. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Kim as much as I did. Kim, if you are listening, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you did. You are absolutely amazing, an absolute inspiration. And again, massive congrats for achieving everything you did, not only with the sale of your business, but in the way you built your business to the successful heights that you reached. For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what Kim had to share. If you have a follow-up question for Kim, you can hit her up in the comments area of the show notes. This week, you'll find them at photobizx.com forward slash 420. Now, in those show notes, I've got examples of Kim's beautiful work or the work from her studio. I've also got links to anywhere and everything that she mentioned in the interview, including her new website, her coaching website, and what better person to learn from than someone who has actually been there and done that. So make sure you go and check out kimmarie.co if you are thinking about coaching. And of course, if you are a premium member, you'll find Kim is already part of the members Facebook group. So if she isn't off traveling and having fun with her son, I'm sure that she'll be happy to come back and answer any questions that you might have in regards to building your business, the sale of your business, finding a broker, whatever it may be. I'm sure that Kim will be happy to answer your questions in the members Facebook group. Alrighty, that is it for me for this episode of the podcast. If you are a recent finisher of the daily vlog challenge, make sure you check your emails so you don't miss the live Zoom call we're having this week. I was going to say this Thursday, but it could be your Wednesday depending on where you live in the world. So make sure you check your emails for the links and times for that meetup. And I'll have more details about a future daily vlog challenge in an upcoming episode okay that really is it for me for this episode of the podcast stay safe healthy and well wherever you are in the world i'll be back next week with another interview i'll speak to you then bye for now if you have enjoyed this episode head to photobizx.com join the conversation leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with andrew and today's special guest 